I can't wait to share. And then I'm just going to read this stupid. <laughs> Support for the Takeover Lounge is provided by the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County, with additional support from the Community Foundation for Southern Arizona. Welcome to the Takeover Lounge. What up? This is Cryptic Wisdom, and this is my audition entry. I got that rap shit, I practice, I'm a supernova, no crashing. Way beyond an average man, you point him out to get a casket. Who am I? David G, C-dubbing your ashes. Laughing at the audacity, you gotta have to be the one asking. I'm bad as fuck, let me in, get him away and I'll clear it. You're never detaining my spirit. When I enter the game, I get fearless and you see me rap that rock and roll. I'm the most sought after for hooks. You're sleeping on me, I'm a pot of gold. This one right here's for the books. Tell them, sell me your, sell me your love, sell me your love. When I go hard, is this it ain't fair to you? Hearts are ripping, embarrass you. Sound me your, sound me your love, sound me your love. You don't want to get it with me, I got bars. Anybody stepping to me will get scarred. And I do mean that, you see cats. Get him with the fitting with the new scene rapping. Not me, cause I'm real. And I feel like I'm the one that whom we lack. You react to me, act like you don't feel it, but I know you do. That's that life is shit hybrid. See, dub motherfucker spitting only true. Word. www.crypticwisdom.com. Check it out. Let's see. Yes, sir. We are here, Takeover Lounge, with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Cryptic Wisdom. Oh, I'm one of your hosts, Z Give. And to my right, your left, uh, we got Daniela with us. Can, can you hear me? No, he still can't hear me. And this is Poogie. And Poogie's here. Cryptic, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Can yeah. you hear Cryptic, Daniela? Everybody, everybody's on some bullshit. Oh, man. We got some... <laughs> Now, did you hear that? I heard that. I heard that. That's fine. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No, she said no. She can't hear nobody. Okay, well, leave and come back. Tell her to leave and come back. Bam. Man, how you been doing, Cryptic? Oh, I'm fantastic, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, this is the first uh, the first interview that I've actually done in a couple of years. I'm really? Usually, I'm usually not a very sociable person, man, to be honest. Wow, but, yo, I'm humbled. We're humbled to have you here, man. Yeah, I've you- heard, I've seen your show a few times, man, and I know that Pike had recently told me about you guys, and I, you know, I believe in, in things like when, when they keep coming your way a little bit, maybe you should pay a little bit closer attention to it. Right. And it's it's in my backyard, you know, here in Tucson. So exactly. I'm going to reference things like that. Like, like you don't know where we live because there's people from all over watching. Right. right so uh, so for those that don't know, I live in Tucson. This is a local show, a local interview. So I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Yo, yeah. Dan- Daniela, she was just basically telling us about, you know, how he heard about us and how he wanted. He has other interviews. He doesn't really do interviews as much, but 
he decided to do this one with us because we're in his backyard. Thank you. So yeah, yo, we really do appreciate it. And shout out to what, Pogi, right? Pogi. Pogi. That's my baby doll. Baby girl Pogi. That's yeah. what's up. How, how yeah. old is she? She's gonna. She just turned a year on the twenty fifth. Actually. Oh. Oh wow. She, yeah. She's new. New. Yeah. She's new. New. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yo, it's, so we're going to kick it off, man, here for you. So I'll have Daniela kick it off because she always starts off our show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Dick, um, what made you choose your name? Oh, we're going there already. <laughs> we're going there. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna spit the real, raw, honest truth here. So when I was like, man, this must have been, uh, been about 14 years ago. Okay. Whoa. I was uh I was on a website called SoundClick. I know a lot of y'all remember soundclick.com. If you don't, it's okay. They, they turned out to be a bunch of assholes. But Oh wow. Yeah. So, but that's another that's, story. Yeah, that's another story. Yeah, okay. Let's, let's stay on track here. <laughs> so, I was uh I used to listen to an artist. Actually, one of the first rappers I ever listened to on the internet was an artist that went by the name of DZK. Mm. And I was a big fan of his. You know, it's funny. I'm not really into into horrorcore or, you know, music like that. Right. But looking back in hindsight, like that dude was totally horrorcore <laughs> shit. And it, it's really weird. But it, he was he was funny about it. So I really liked his stuff. And one day I came across a song that he did with another artist who I started digging into more because I really liked what he did with DZ. Mm. And. So the more that I got into his stuff, you know, I was looking for newer stuff. It all seemed to be really old and come to find out the guy had quit making music a really long time ago. Mm. And I really liked his name. I'm not saying I completely took his name. (laughs) We're getting there though. I really liked his name. It was fatal wisdom. And he hadn't made music in like five or six years, something like that. And I'm like, that's such a dope name. You know what I mean? And so it was it was a way of me paying homage to somebody that I really enjoyed that I felt like could have really gone somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. And on the other half, though, on the flip side, my favorite kind of music is the stuff that you, you listen to. And one person, they can get a specific interpretation for it. Right. But then you give it to somebody else. And it's like, well, I think it's about this or I think it's about that. You know how people like to make up shit in their heads. You know what right. I mean? Um, it's even worse nowadays, but <laughs> that cryptic was kind of a, a manifestation of what I want with the kind of music that I wanted to make. You know what I mean? Right. While also paying homage to one of my favorite artists from before I even made music. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's a, it's, it's a little long winded, but, and no, it, there's no glamorous war story. Or purple <laughs> heart involved, but it's uh, a, it's definitely a story though. I mean, a lot of people are just like, yeah, it was my middle name. So I just had to roll with it. But you, know, right. you got some background behind it. So I like that. And yeah, man, yeah. you're a great storyteller. I mean, I could tell already. I mean, just from your music in general, you could tell that you're a great storyteller. So just to hear that in person as well, it's just awesome. Oh, that's really nice of you because <laughs> most of the time I tell a story and people look at me like I need to just get to the point. <laughs> like I, my stories have no punchline. <laughs> they have no punchline it's like, it just goes on and on until i stop talking and it's like don't look at me i feel awkward right 
feel, I feel that. But no, you're a great storyteller, man. I, I like I like the details. I like the background. And even if you're lying, keep it up. <laughs> like, yeah, keep buttering me up, man. Yeah. Yo, it's crazy. I mean, the chat's going crazy right now for you. What's up, everybody? Oh wow, cool. <laughs> so, wow, cool. Everybody, what's up? Yo, this is Takeover what's Lounge. Up, we out here interviewing Cryptic Wisdom, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. You know what I'm saying? Shit, he's got bars, poop. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh damn, I might have to sign him. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I don't rap. Uh, so cryptic, man. I want to know, uh, what what keeps you motivated to keep making music and keep creating music? I have found that that changes a lot over time. Wow. As uh, as time goes on, you know, when I first started, it was uh, when I first started making music. This is predating back to like just out of middle school. Okay. Wow. And uh, maybe like eighth grade, whatever. I used to, uh, or actually a little before eighth grade. It must have been been about seventh grade, right? Before I had even recorded. I really just did it to make friends because when I was in school, I was weird, dude. I was like three feet tall. I was <laughs> I was like way chubbier. I you know I had a busted grill. Like I, there was nothing appealing about me as a kid. I was very strange and. So when I started listening to music, because I had moved in with my mom, you know, for like the umpteenth time, I love my mama, I don't mean to throw shade, but I moved (laughs) in with my mama for like the umpteenth time. And my neighbor at the time, he used to burn CDs to make money, Mm. right? And so I I bought a CD. The first CD I owned, it was a burnt copy of fucking the Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. I don't know why, but he's like, (laughs) you're going to like this. Just check it out. So that put me on to like Eminem and Ludacris and DMX, stuff like that. So when I was in school, I used to spend a lot of time in the library uh, printing lyrics or just reading lyrics. Remember like azlyrics.com and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I would print them up and I would learn the songs and I would rap them at school. I was a total biter. So I was like <laughs> rapping at school. I didn't, I, there was no, yo, check out this song that I just heard. It was like, yo, you want to hear me rap? <laughs> You know, and just pray to God that they hadn't heard. Because, like, in my world, like, music was new to me. So I thought there was no way that other people would hurt. <laughs> right. you know I, mean? I was I was very naive. And so I would just rap for kids. And I would, I would you know, feel like people wanted to be around me. Mm-hmm. So at first it was, it was just to feel accepted, you know, and motivated. And that probably stems from some mental health disorder. I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. But that's what I started with. And over time it, uh, it turned into, uh, some kind of creative therapeutic outlet for me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I had, I had been through a lot of stuff as a kid. That's why I was so weird. And, and, but anyway, so it turned into something that I used to not feel so alone and to not be so angry. You know what I mean? Right. And then as it actually started to work, it turned into something that I thought, well, Hey, I can take care of my family with this, you know, like I can, mm. cause I was raised by my grandparents okay. and, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that, you know, like they struggled growing up. Like I had, a, I had a good life. I lived most of it with my grandparents. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm not going to pretend like I come from poverty and shit. You right. know what I mean? But you know, at the same time, it's like, who doesn't want to help their family out? You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I, you know, I always wanted to, to do something just incredibly insane for them one day and you know as you grow up you realize that's a lot harder than it sounds on paper you know what i right. mean so all that that motivation is still there i do everything i can to help out whichever family 
that I can whenever they need it or whenever I can, it, it's, there's been a lot of evolution as well. Like other things like now taking care of, you know, my own little family. Like I live with my girlfriend, you know, my dog, wow. you know, and t- being able to take care of myself and being able to impact other people. Like there's, there's a, uh, I really can't put into words how, how crazy it is. Like when I start, started putting out more emotional music and started really trying to touch people and just kind of tell my story. It's crazy how, you know, I would get messages like, Oh, you know, I've been through the same exact thing as you, or, Oh, you got me to stop doing drugs or you got me to not take my own life. Like things like Mm -hmm. that. And that's, that's the kind of thing that really started to motivate me as well. But on, on the other side, that also scares me. Right. It's terrifying, dude. Like, I'm I'm a very emotionally charged person. It's something that I've been trying to master for mm-hmm. a long time. And to to take on other people's emotions and stories, it's really hard sometimes. And and for a while I really just gave up on like reading my messages and like staying in touch and doing things like that because it's terrifying, man. And right. my manager used to say, you know, I don't know what your problem is, but I think you're scared of success. And mm-hmm. I never really understood what he meant until I started going to therapy and started talking about this stuff right? and and realized that, whoa, like I'm, I'm afraid of taking on other people's shit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I know this is super long winded, but it's just a a continuous evolution of things that, that motivate me on this, this journey of self love and discovery. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It's hard to answer in just a few words. Yo, and yo, we appreciate that. I mean, just, we like we like the long answers. I mean, we, you give us the short answers, but I mean, we really love you talking. We love to talk. <laughs> okay. It makes it makes our jobs easy. Okay, cool. Fantastic. So, the more you talk, the more we get to ask more questions inside your life. So I mean, say less, man. All so, right. Yeah. So we got you, man. You 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 just do you, cryptic. So answer and head nods and smiles. <laughs> okay. I got. It. I got. It. <laughs> you know, I got you. I got you. Um, so you started rapping in middle school, you said? More or less, yeah. yeah. What? Biting in middle school, right? I started biting. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer to call them covers. Good answer. What major influences for when you first started out? My major influences? Hmm. My before I actually, like I said, I didn't own a CD till I had that Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. But when I was a lot younger, my uh, my neighbor, uh, now one of my best friends of over 20 years, his name's Mike, Mike Fritz. If you see this, what up, dude? Um, <laughs> he used to play cassette tapes of, uh, you know, the Marshall Mathers mm-hmm. LP and the Slim Shady LP and shit like that. And my grandparents hated it, man. Like, I remember my nana just completely destroyed one of the cassette tapes that he left me one time. So I started, like, sneaking out and going to his place so I could listen to, to some Slim Shady. And it started with that. Like, that was, that was like, my biggest thing. So when, I, so when I really started to get into his stuff on other projects, like that Cradle to the Grave soundtrack, I, I was sold. And there was artists like that. I was really big into Tech 9 when I first discovered Tech 9 obviously. Um, and I think that he influenced a lot of my style as far as, uh, melodies and hooks and things like that go. But to say that it was just him, wouldn't be fair to Chris Calico because I came into him on, on the ever ready era and Chris was doing a lot of the hooks 
for that album. And, you know, a lot of it was Chris Calico as well. You know what I mean? And over time, I really started to get into alternative rock. So I was into uh, not as much anymore these days, but I was into Avenged Sevenfold, like uh, Breaking Benjamin, who I still love. And but my favorite band is Three Days Grace before their frontman Adam Gontier left and they replaced him with the, the Kroger version. But <laughs> the uh it's bands like that and rappers like that that really shaped and defined who I was for a long time. But these days it's it's a lot different. I listen to a lot of indie pop and you know, really just left of center things you know what i mean and i think that in a lot of my newer music you know it may not be as aggressive or raw or angry as it used to be but that's just because i'm not really that kind of person anymore Mm -hmm. and i don't really resonate with music like that anymore i don't listen to a lot of hip-hop as much as as much respect as i have for it and the people that make it you know because i know what kind of impact it can have on the culture and the people that consume it you know right Yo, that's crazy. I'm looking at the chat. We got some people in Australia tapping in with you. I saw a few of those, man. I love and Australia. I want to go out there so bad. Yeah, me too. I really want to travel. That'd be fine. We got some mm-hmm. Canada love, Daniela, up in here. Jasmine, what's up? I know her really well. She's cool as shit. That's dope. Yo, everybody that. up in here showing love. We love that, man. So you talk about uh, alternative rock and just stuff like that. I mean, that's also what you hear in your music. I mean, is that something that plays a part? I mean, you're still to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I love, uh, I just love really tonal aggressive melodies. It's mm-hmm. always been something that I've been into, which is why I was into a lot of the bands that I listened to. Right. You know what I mean, and probably why in the, at least in the beginning, and I had like a 80, 90% male demographic you know mm. as far as statistics go you know what i mean right and i i feel like it it was uh it was definitely a big influence on the sound that i have now but it's been getting a lot softer lately, <laughs> you know what i mean I don't, right. I don't i don't really smoke as much as i used to so it's, hard, <laughs> it's harder to belt that out you know? right right i feel you and I, now you you got yourself a girlfriend i feel like it's more it's more the love stuff more yeah. you know more raw. Oh, I'm still, I'm still very sad in my music. She pisses me off. <laughs> no, I, I love her. Man. I love her with all my heart, man. But like, one thing that that she's come to learn and understand, which I'm super grateful for, is that even if I'm writing something that sounds like we're having a bad time, it could be something that's drawn from another emotional experience mm. with other people or something that we've been through in the past. You know, I like to, I like to think that creativity doesn't have to be a a circumstantial like right now thing you know what i right. mean i feel like if you limit it to just what you're going through right now you're missing out on a lot of the things that you've been through because there's no way that you can talk about everything that you've been through you know what i mean yeah it just, exactly. it just keeps on going and going yeah definitely as an artist do you feel like as you're evolving, so is your fan base. I mean, are you like? Do you feel like you're growing with your fans, and your fans are growing with you as well? I would like to think so, man. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a there's a lot of people that have families and they're married, and, right? You know, or people that have uh, have been through drug addiction and mental health and stuff like that as well. And like I said, I get a lot of messages about it and things like that. And what's funny is. Sometimes people are doing so well that they've even told me like, hey, 
Uh, I hope you're doing well. Like, I hope everything's working out for you. But I, I can't really listen to you anymore because I'm just not sad anymore. Right. And, and that's an interesting thing. It's like I have to learn to love them and let them go. And right, yeah, I have to, learn how to be happy for people when they tell right. me like that. Because it's like, or or you get the, the cheeky, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah, I guess I'll just listen to you when I'm sad again. <laughs> like, right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> it, it's interesting to see people kind of grow and evolve past the things that are inhibiting them from enjoying their life, even if it means that they're not listening to me anymore. You know what right. I mean? It's cool to kind of feel like you played a part in like getting them through that. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's something it has to feel like kind of rewarding to you to feel like, okay, it yeah, is. that's cool. Like I got I got somebody through another night when they thought they were gonna take their life, or right. I got somebody through another day, you know. Yeah. So that that's dope, man. You gotta and put I, yourself out of the out of the equation your your emotions about it out of the equation, you know. What I mean? Right, exactly. And I feel that hundred percent. So I mean it's weird because now we're kind of back into this genre of music that wasn't um established yet when you were coming up i think you really were like probably one of the found the founders of what we call emo hip-hop now i mean <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying like we talk about we talk about uh juice world we talk about x we talk about you know rp to those to those members to those people but i feel like you definitely were on a wave or something else that like 10 years ago exactly like so, I 10, mean, yeah it's weird right like i think about that all the time and you know what's crazy is uh my manager his name is Jamie. Like I used, to, I used to like, I used to support the Moha. You know <laughs> right, I, mean? I saw that. Yeah, yeah. The, the cuffs and the fucking, you know, right. Big old chain. She like, I was, I was super like punk rock back in the day, and I made a lot of rock, hip hop, and things like that. And right. it's funny sometimes I think like, man, if I had just like stayed, stayed the chorus on that, mm-hmm. I wonder how things would be. You know, I probably wouldn't have been as happy as i am now but it's really interesting to think about that like man it just came full circle and that definitely and my manager was developing me back then you know it wasn't all me you know i'm right but he he saw that and it's funny to think you know back that far and see how things are now see how the culture is now and i love the music don't get me wrong like i love this world i I love i loved triple x's shit you know what i mean and it's it's cool to see where it's gone, but it's funny to think that you know I was doing a lot of shit like that a long yeah, time. Yeah, like ten years. You said ten years ago you were doing that. Yeah. So I think really, if people were to go back to if the people that are listening to Juice and X now, they find your old stuff. Oh man, they would be all they're going to be all over you. They'll be like, it's more hip hop. It's not. It's not like now. It's more like trappy. You know what I mean? Right. True. True. But, but I think some people find that element. You find you know some I mean? pockets of those people that like the rock yeah, and like. Yeah. The, so I mean, I think that's so dope. Like you said, to have it come full circle. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like music just kind of repeats itself all the time. Definitely, definitely. You know, it just gets a little modernized. You know? Right. I feel that. For sure. So, how did you meet Buddha, and how long have you known him for? How did I meet Buddha? <laughs> so, for those that don't know, Buddha is uh, one of my close friends. He's another rapper from here in Tucson. Uh, he's been on almost all of my projects since I met the guy. Super talented, sings and raps. Um, I believe that he posted on my Facebook wall. <laughs> Like, I don't even know how many years ago now. I feel like I should call that motherfucker. <laughs> and he, uh, I don't even remember what happened. Like, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't respond. And, like, no, what happened was I usually wasn't responding to my wall at the time. But I happened to check his shit out because 
he, you know, he, he seemed really interesting to me. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this guy's like a, he's like a thug, man. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like get along with this guy. Like he seems kind of, kind of mean, you know what I mean? Right. Like, he's got the, the stone cold look for him. And so I ended up listening to his music and I was like, yo, this is super dope. So like, like literally the next week, like I had him come through to my grandparents' house. I had a, I had a room that I turned into a studio out there and we just started working on music and he ended up being one of the coolest fucking people. So it's, it definitely taught me to not judge people by how they look. You know what I mean? Right. And that was a, that was a really cool learning experience for me, but we, uh, we've worked on a lot of stuff together, you know? That's dope. It's a cool guy. Yeah. It was funny. Cause I saw a Buddha just post on Facebook, like the other day, a seven year video from with you and him. I forgot. Yeah, what I saw. I seven years ago. Yeah. I was like, Buddha looks totally different now from that video to now. Yeah, he, he lost he lost some lbs. So shout out Buddha, man. He's out, <laughs> he's out here looking like a supermodel now. I'm like, oh, oh Buddha, shit. dang. <laughs> but that's what's up, man. Yeah, so, man. No. So like you were ahead of your time. I think you were really ahead of your time. Looking back on it, I mean, your visuals are so meaningful and they have meaning to them. I mean, what was that like creative process for you? If you can think back to then. Back then, I, I feel like my creative process has not really changed over time, man. Like, really, it would be I'd get the beat and I come up with the hooks first. I've always mm. come up with the hooks first. But when I started singing is when my creative process really changed because I didn't always sing. I would play around with it a little bit. Right. But, but when I knew, like, I love singing my hooks, that's how it's got to be. I started to uh, – I'll start by kind of – trying to find that melody but mm-hmm. you, know, you need sometimes you need words to try and find the melody but i don't have the words yet because i'm trying to work on the melody so i'm screaming gibberish like okay. I'm, I'm pacing the room like not making any sense i sound like a fucking lunatic <laughs> and until i find the right rhythm you know the cadence and the melody and then i'll start trying to put words together and once you got the hook the verses just kind of come naturally from there you know what i mean but it, it right. always starts with a lot of gibberish and it's very embarrassing <laughs> so if we were to walk in on you but oh man well, oh, y'all were yeah. not supposed to do that <laughs> somebody would have tried to have me committed <laughs> like oh almost a year sober huh yeah right <laughs> wow uh so what would your favorite song be to perform to perform that's a good question. Um, I get one of the best reactions when I perform a song called Seven Years, which was like a remix cover about my life story. So that's always fun because I know that people really enjoy that. But it's like it's also the song like they'll go to the concert and sometimes they'll get to hear it. And then I watch people leave after they hear it. So it's like, it's one of those songs. So you got right. to save it for the end, you know, but uh, it's it's the songs that to be honest with you, my favorites are the ones that don't have a lot of substance to them, but just have really fucking banging <laughs> beat. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes, you know, like I'll go see people in concert and say, even if it's like a, an opener in that area that I don't know or haven't heard of, like I always pay close attention to the ones that pick a really good beat to that that sounds good when you perform it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You need a couple of those. So those are my favorite ones to perform it. There's a song called I'm a Boss that did terribly online, but <laughs> does really well when I perform it. You know wow. what I mean? 
stuff like that. I really, I really love to perform the underdogs because it's like they have no substance, so they don't do well online. Right. They kill it live, so it's it's really weird. You know what I mean? Sometimes people go to concerts and they don't want to think or feel. That's why they're out. You know what I mean? True. Probably, but when you're alone in your room and you're listening to music, sometimes you skip those when you're just really trying to connect with somebody. Right. I mean, so it's a hard question to answer. You know what I mean? But definitely songs like that. And a lot of my newer stuff, uh, I know everybody says this, but like all all my newest stuff, like those are my favorites to perform, but maybe it's because they're fresh. You know what I mean? So when chapter five came out, I, cause I put out three EPs last year and uh, it was chapter three, four and five. And when five came out, like I was just so excited to perform all of those. Those immediately. (laughs) Like there's a song on there called love is a drug that I really love to perform because Mm -hmm. I think that was the first song that I, I got everybody to like participate in for the hook and you know, you stop the music and everybody's singing and they move right. in their hands. You know what I mean? That shit's crazy. Like I, I got to try not to get all choked up on stage when that kind of stuff happens. It, it's, it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's when was cool. that first tour that, that happened for you? Like something like everybody was reciting your lyrics back to you. Do you remember that, that moment? Uh, on the last one, I just finished a tour this year, and then I, I did a tour a few months before that, and that's where I really started to perform the Chapter 5 stuff, and uh, that's when I really started to see that kind of response, and it's fucking crazy, dude. It's cool, and I've done I've done a lot of tours, and that was the first time where I really felt like, oh, they're starting to, starting to learn it and get it, but it was also the first time I put a Spotify playlist for my set list together. So oh, wow. it's, it's interesting if you, if you know how to play with the technology and mm-hmm. be fun with it, you can benefit from it a lot. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like there's, there's ways to communicate even on, on places where you have little to no control over the, the layout, like Spotify, you know what right. I mean? Like you have now you have your artist messages and your, your highlighted playlists, your songs and things right. like that. And I love when I see artists like use it to communicate. So I thought I would try it and it worked out. You know what I mean? That's dope. I didn't even think about that. I didn't know artists were using Spotify to play out their set list. I think that's right. awesome. Yeah. That's I think so it's dope. cool as shit. Cause I, I use Spotify. I love Spotify. If I was going to a concert, I would want to know what they're playing. You know? Yeah, me too. And yeah. then that determines whether I want to go to see you performing the songs I want to hear. Ah, okay. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. Is right? All the bad ones. Thirteen year old shit. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, always a struggle. That's dope. Yo, I want to talk more about your touring, but we're gonna talk about it after this break. We got a clip of uh from you of you from a while back. I think this well, is y'all new. picked an interesting one for the first one. The I first one, yeah. We gotta talk about that first one, but we gotta talk about this <laughs> second one that we got loaded up. Okay, okay. Yo, yo, what up? This is Cryptic Wisdom, and I'm gonna perform an original song for y'all called Fake It. I hope you like it. Yeah. I think there's something wrong with me, I feel crazy And I don't seem to get along with people these days Started as a problem for me, now I embrace it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna fake it Fake it, dead broke, fake it Head low, fake it Somebody else cause they said so Fake it, life is only everything you make it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna fake it I just gotta know, what is it you 
please you when it's haunting me Every night I sleep, praying that I wake To be the man I wanna be and rap another day I won't ever give up, I pray I don't give in So what I contemplate when I'm debating all my sins I should rob a bank, I should've been a felon I should've made a living faking everything and selling Would I go back to my old past if I know that? If I go back, that I won't last If I won't last when I go fast to a cold bag with a toe tag Homegrown, I'm so low, so low though I smoke grass So sad, I'm a nomad, so trapped in my own madness Something's gotta give, I ain't afraid to Y'all know more about me than I do even the paint to I know you've been missing all these pictures that I paint you But how was I to hang it up for you if the frame's loose? I think there's something wrong with me, I feel crazy I don't seem to get along with people these days Thought it is a problem for me, now I embrace it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna flake it Flake it, dead broke, flake it Hello, flake it Be somebody else cause they said so Flake it, life is only everything you make it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna fake it People tell me every day that I should write more happy raps I'm not about to backflip, don't treat me like an acrobat Walking on a tightrope, but these days ain't half as mad as when you know I can't relapse And try to pull me back to that I'm working If you were my fan, you wouldn't offer me When I tell you no, don't punish me like I'm your property I don't work a nine to five, I ain't got a boss to please And I ain't gonna draw for you to make you think I'm awesome, gee I'm good I smoke herb, but only when I'm writing rhymes Seldom with somebody else, I'm guessing it's a vice of mine Never to fight the mind, meditate to find divine Chemicals can oxidate my inner hate and rotten spine It's more than rap to me, this is my whole life I only do this for freedom, not your co-sign The darkest corners I live in will be so bright Sit up in them bleeders with your nose tight I think there's something wrong with me, I feel crazy I don't seem to get along with people these days Started as a problem for me, now I embrace it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna fake it Fake it, dead broke, fake it Hello, fake it, be somebody else cause they said so Fake it, life is only everything you make it I ain't in the mood, dude, I ain't gonna fake it Fake it Cryptic wisdom, much love, thank y'all Did you Shoot. hear me breathing at the end there? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you got you got into that one. You're definitely into that oh, one. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yo, let's let's take okay. it back. I want to know what the writing process was. That what did you go through for that song to come out um, like that? Let me. Mm. That's the that's a good question. <laughs> the process the process is always you know it's. Like I said, the actual technique I'm using to come up with things is always the same. But right. where I was at mentally for that, man, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front like for a while. And even now I struggle with it just not as bad. But mm. I'm one of those people that struggles about what other people think. You know what I mean? Mm. And for mm-hmm. so long, like I was letting myself change, you know, the way that I talked or the way that I operated or the the things that I would post or how much I would post, like things like that, just kind of letting the the machine change me a little bit. Right. And when I came to the realization that like, I'm never going to be happy if I don't start working on that, that's kind of where that song came from. You know what I mean? Like I was so tired of faking who I was to make other people happy. 
You know what I mean? And I wouldn't necessarily say that that showed through my music because the music has always been deeply personal and authentic to me Mm -hmm. in my experiences. But more importantly, as a human being, I was letting things get to me too much. And eventually that would have set me off on a path that I didn't want to be on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was already headed that way. So it was a, it was more of a kind of a coming of age, just trying to uh, break free from those shackles type song. You know what I mean? Right. So that's kind of where I was at when I wrote it and it did really well. And it was uh, was some of the most honest uh, poetry that I've put into the songs and it, it really paid off, you know, for a while it was like, I don't know if this is just, if I'm just being too, you know, blatant and aggressive, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause you know, you're talking about like, you're talking about the people that support you and that's always a slippery slope that you want to mm-hmm. tread lightly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in the end, like I, I've, I've come to adopt this theory that if you fake the person that you are, you might, attract a bunch of people that resonate with that, but eventually mm. you're going to slip up because everybody's human. And even if they don't see through it right away, people are going to see through it eventually little by little. And you're just going to like lose everything that you amassed. You know what right. I mean? So I kind of uh, just tried to adopt this policy of just being myself, you know, and eventually I'll attract the right people that really appreciate me for me. Right. You know, in all my weirdness. <laughs> exactly. And I, everybody in this chat, I think they, yeah. they feel you on that. They they love you. And it's something crazy. I don't think I, I don't think I've seen something like this in a minute with yeah. all this love. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, I was really excited to post it on the page. I haven't gone live in a while. And you know, there there's there's reasons for that. You know, I haven't really addressed yet, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting back to the point where I'm super comfortable with uh, getting on camera. Again, right. you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, yeah, about your so, pace, man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm happy to finally be back. So I'm, I'm alive and well. <laughs> I'll be at 20 pounds or so heavier, but I'm okay and I'm, I'm healthy. And I'm actually about to be uh, about to be a year sober on September 1st. Wow. So Congratulations. Clean from Well, from crystal meth. You know, I like wow. psychedelics still. Don't get me wrong. But I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a clean from crystal meth for a year on September 1st. And wow. Really That's excited. Amazing. We're happy for you, man. Thanks, man. I'm, uh, I'm putting a song out to celebrate it. Uh, awesome. It's, uh, it's uh, a remix slash cover of a song called Deathbed. I'm sure you guys have heard that. Yep. Coffee for Your Head, which was also a remix cover of one of my favorite songs because I heard that Coffee for Your Head song like years and years ago on Spotify. And, right. and it became popular after this guy. I can't remember his name. I'm, I'm so sorry about that, <laughs> whoever you are. But it's a great song. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, man, I love that fucking original song. So I uh, I wrote about I wrote about my experiences trying to get sober over that song. And I, I sang the, I took the vocal sample out and had the guitar remade. Wow. Uh, I worked with a couple people on it and I sang it myself and then added some verses. And that, uh, that comes out on September 1st to celebrate a year clean from crystal. And I'm excited about it. Yo, I'm excited too. Just I, Danielle's excited too. We're all excited for that one. That's going to be fire. Everybody up here, man. Congratulations, by the way, for being one year sober. I mean, we about to. Thanks. That's Thank huge. You. That ain't easy. That ain't it's easy. Not, man, it's not, especially through all the shit that's been going on this year. It's like, man, like, you know it what I mean? It would just be easy just it's to been, just go back, but yeah, you persevered. Yeah. yeah. 
That's what's up, brother. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank so you. dope. Yeah, so then when you were uh, writing music back in the day before you are who you are now, were you, about your personal stories, did you ex- expect all the outpouring of like, yo, this, this is something similar that happened to me? And you're like, wait, it happened to me too. Or was it like, whoa, this happens to other people as well? Or were you kind of like, yeah, I kind of yeah. assumed. No, I, I always <laughs> thought I was very special and unique. I knew that like I would I would get some kind of response like that at some point because I'm sure I'm, obviously I'm not the only one that's had my heart broken and that's where a lot of my music stems around and most of my music is about heartbreak and that's just that's just other than like the sobriety thing like that's my micro niche you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I love music like that I love sad shit even when I'm happy I, mean, I listen to sad music when I'm sad and it makes me happy you know right. I know there's people out there like that I'm not the only one <laughs> um there's a lot of people that can't listen to sad music when they're sad because it makes them more sad mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I'm playing with that she's <laughs> <laughs> at the pointer nervous. and uh but I did not expect like you said, the outpour of it, like there's mm-hmm. literally tens of thousands of people that feel like you're talking to them when you write. And it's like, it's impossible because I've never met you, but you have such an impact on them that like you're making them question like reality as a whole. It's like, man, you start to make them feel a little subjective. It's like, man, this has got to be for me. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like they start to feel like the hero in their journey, like the, mm-hmm. the star in their show. And that's kind of how I, I see the world is everybody's the star of their own show. You know, I think we're all subjective experiencing one consciousness, you know what I mean? But right. it's cool to like, feel like you're, you're making other people feel like that. But like I said, it's also really scary. You know right. What I mean? And then obviously you're not talking about them, but it's, exactly. It's cool as shit to be connected like that. Definitely. You know what I mean? And did you think therapy helped you understand that, yo, actually, this is a good thing for me helping hearing these people's problems and helping me helping them, being able to help them. It, was that a key for you with therapy, helping you realize that? Uh, therapy was more about me trying to get out of my own way, to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you, because like I said, there came a point that I never completely bounced back from where I kind of withdrew. from from trying to connect like that because it fucked me up so much Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to shut myself off and excuse me. And, and, you know, read these emails and messages and comments and things like that without letting it affect me. And, you know, like, so like it was really part of it was about learning how to do that and how to have a healthier emotional coping mechanism so that Mm -hmm. I'm able to like take on other people's shit in the right which is partly why I was gone for so long. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's something I'm trying to work on so that I can come back and not have to go anywhere again. Right. You know what I mean? And it's a, it, it most, that's, that's a big reason why I started to try to get help. And, you know, like I said, just to get out of my own way, you know, and exactly. try to figure out why, cause I'm a very self-destructive person. I always have been. And it's like, when things are going really well for me, like, <laughs> it's like, I feel like I don't deserve it or something, mm, you know, because mm-hmm. maybe because of the things that I've done, maybe because of, I don't know, you know what I mean? Right. I'm just hardwired to not appreciate the things that I should be appreciative of. And so I'm trying to work on that. You know what I mean? And because I feel like I've, I've uh, accomplished a lot, but I'm not as in it as I should be to keep that going. Right. So I'm trying to get myself to a, 
better place there. You know what I mean? Definitely. And it's and it's been going really well. I have I have a lot of stuff coming out soon, starting on the first and every two weeks after that. So it's gonna wow. it's it's we, gonna be good, man. Kicking it in overdrive right here, cryptic. Yeah. You just got a house, some fucking wow. I'm excited. Congratulations, man. man. My mean, girlfriend and I are getting out of this tiny, tiny roach infested <laughs> apartment, so I couldn't be happier about that. Right? Yeah, man. Man, that's awesome. So that's awesome. Life's life's been a trip, man. That's why this place is upside down. We've been packing and packing. getting ready to move. It's in less than two weeks now. So that's awesome. Oh, Yo, yeah. congratulations to you and Thank your girlfriend. Um, so is there anything that you'd want to change about the industry? And if so, why? Um That's an interesting question. I feel like I'm going to let you down with this one. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I try not to get hung up on the things that I can't change, especially when it comes to the music industry. The first, I'll be honest, the first thing that popped into my head is I really, really wish talented artists would stop getting sucked into shitty deals. Mm. You know what I mean? I really, it, it breaks my heart when I hear of a super talented artist that gets signed and they think their whole life is going to change and they just get shelved or, you know, they're, you know, they, they're broke because they, they owe so much money to so-and-so for shit mm-hmm. that they just make up. You know what I mean? Like marketing expenses and things like that. Right. And, you know, and then there's labels that won't let them go and they're just literally sitting on them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I really just, I want everybody to just win independently. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like that's just where everything's headed. Like there's, there's artists that, you know, never sign and they're, they're doing extremely well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the coolest shit in the world. Like I just, I want to abolish the fucking major record label. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like independence, the new major, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you are going to sign major, like go with a partnership. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's really the first thing that popped into my head. It's not necessarily something that I think about on a day-to-day basis. You know, it's not my, my driving thesis here. You know what I mean? Right. But it's uh, it's just something that I do think about from time to time. You know what I mean? I also like, to be honest, like a, a big part of what I do is because I would like to uh, normalize just, being yourself and not being chastised for it by, by consumers and fans. You know what I mean? Like right. people tell you all the time, you know, it's the same person that tells you to be yourself. That'll throw the first stone. Mm. You know what I mean? A lot of That's the time. Too. And I want to normalize transparency and honesty and, you know, just like really allowing people into your life. You know what I mean? And it's hard sometimes because like I said, like I, I struggled with, caring what other people thought for a long time that'll slow you down so like really the sooner you can get out of that frame of mind the better off you're going to be you know that right. that's really what what drives me is that i really just want to normalize that and just feel comfortable in my own skin and i want other people to feel comfortable in their own skin that's you know definitely, what I mean? definitely true some truth to that there's some wisdom from you to you from cryptic wisdom right there that's just like <laughs> <laughs> so what how did it feel? I mean, I think you had to be like the first one out of Tucson really to, to make it this big. 
I mean, how was that for you? I mean, as when did you figure out you blew up and you were like, oh God, like that's that's such a it's such a subjective concept. Like mm-hmm. made it, you know what I mean? Right. Yes. But he's got their own definition of made it. Like me personally, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm doing whatever I want, whenever I want, then you know I'm living, and if I'm living, then I'm winning. Right. And in my opinion, you know, you're very rich if you can if you can do that, if you can wake up whenever you want and just work on whatever you want. You know what I mean? And do whatever you want with your life. And I feel like for me, that was the ultimate goal to get to before I can accomplish a lot of the other bigger things that I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So in in my head, as far as that goes, I've made it. I can pay my bills. I don't have to work. And that's it's cool. But at the same time, it's it's like you need to be very self-disciplined in order to continue to to maintain that and sustain that. Cause you don't have somebody on your ass. that's telling you when to, when to show up and when to show out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You gotta be super self-disciplined and I didn't always have that. So I'm glad that I didn't like make it a long time ago. You know right. what I mean? Um, but as far as the whole Tucson thing, like to be honest with you, I focused on, I feel like I focused on every other part of the world before I started focusing on my hometown, you mm-hmm. know, it, it and I, I don't really have a good reason why. I guess I just, for one, I started when I was like 14. Okay. Right. So I couldn't even get into any of the shows. I couldn't get into the bars. You know, all I had was the internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And by the time that I was old enough to start going out and doing shows and getting involved in the community, you know, honestly, by the time I was like 18, 19, I had a fucking big head. Like, mm-hmm. I had a super big head. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I've calmed down. I'm not as, I'm not an egomaniac like I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, it was also new to me at the time. But, you know, it wasn't until just a couple years ago when I started trying to get more involved in the community and showing up and supporting other artists and, you know, reaching out and saying hello and trying to support them on their new songs. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, you know, I did a I did a, a Toys for Tots concert at The Rock. That's awesome. I remember uh, that. Not this past Christmas, but the year before that called right. it Tart for Tots. It's something I want to do more of, but I'm just... I wasn't as organized last year as I should have been to make it happen. And that that's my fault, but it's, it's little things like that, that I've, I've been trying to get more into doing and getting more involved with the community. And that's actually how, like I said, uh, when Pike told me to reach out to you guys and, you know, make a connection and say hello, uh, it was because I was like, I'm always asking him like, Hey, like what's, what's going on around here? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're the guy that knows, right? He is. Pike is the guy that knows. <laughs> And he's always so gracious with me and, and shares whatever information he's got. And, you know, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to feel my way back into the community. But I uh, I have a lot of work to do. And a lot of, uh, I, ha- I have a lot more ground to lay still, too. You know what I mean? Right. But I think all the local artists here would love to have your your as a, you as a mentor as well i mean i think everybody's looking for somebody to guide them a little bit and help and i think you're that man for that i mean yeah if and i think it'd be awesome for you to see you back in the community helping out some of these <laughs> local artists i mean yeah, I'm, being yeah, self, I'm being selfish but uh, in the same sense i mean i want to yeah. keep cryptic in tucson but <laughs> you know what i mean right right yeah no i hear you man and it's uh, it's something that I want to get more into as well. Like, there's a lot of really talented artists out here. Like, I I really fuck with Marley B. That's why I was in here hanging out with him when he was doing the interview with you guys for a while. Right. And you know, 
Uh, I like Jay Tilt a lot. I just I think there's a lot of good artists out here. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, I definitely want to do more projects with them, or at least even one project with them. You know what I mean? That'd be so dope. I, I think it would be cool. There's there's definitely a lot that I I feel like I can do with my platform. Yes. As long as I can get organized and make it happen. And it's something that's been a long time coming and something that I've neglected for too long. Right. But better late than never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. we're glad shout out to Pike, man, for making this happen. I mean, for you even reaching out. I mean, that's that's the step. That's the first step. And we're happy that you decided decided to make us your first step. That guy influences more of my decisions than I'm proud to admit. <laughs> yeah. He, he was literally just talking like a couple weeks ago. He was literally just talking about Wiener Schnitzel. And I realized how little of it I've tried. He's like, well, this is so good. And this is really good. This is my favorite fast food, junk food. And I'm like, I have to try that. Shut up, man. Like that. He knows, he knows what's up, man. He definitely I, does. I still have to go to Kiss of Smoke, man. I haven't tried Kiss of Smoke. Yet. Fire. Definitely. You got to try okay. that out. I'm going to take your word for it. I got to go show up and show out. Got to. Got yeah. to. <laughs> Man. So, I mean, we talk about mental health here for a little bit, but um, how important is mental health to you? Dude, so important. It's everything, man. And I I got... I'm more like on the like the scientific side of it sometimes. Right. I do. I don't really talk about it as much as I used to. Um, you know, when you get into something and then you can't stop telling your friends about it and, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and nobody's listening. So you just stop talking about it. And it's like, I'm just gonna, so on the side, like I, I do a lot of research on, on neurotransmitters and mm. the way that like dopamine and serotonin and things like that affect your mental health and your mood. You know, I've learned things like your serotonin, 90% of your serotonin is made in your gut. So I started researching how to take care of your, your gut biome and how to have a better wow. connection with your brain and which makes you a happier person, you know, like how bipolar disorders caused by serotonin and dopamine, um, mm. uh, malfunctions for lack of a better word. I had the word on the, <laughs> at the tip of my tongue, but I forgot, but you know, disorders, you know, like you got, you got shit firing off in the wrong directions. And I feel like a lot of that is linked to, you know, poor mental health. And I think right. a lot of it people don't realize is just the foods we eat, man, like taking better care of yourself and eating better foods and, taking micro or probiotics um especially when you've been on antibiotics because that kills all the good and bad bacteria in your stomach little things like that are are really key in making you a happier more well-functioning person and then whatever's still there you can deal with with a little right. therapy and you know uh whatever medicine some people need medicine you know what yeah. i mean that's just the way it is and you know but i feel like it always helps to start by taking care of yourself and then dealing with what's left you know Definitely. what I mean? Too many people I feel like are looking for a quick fix pill and they're not, mm. they're not willing to be honest with themselves and their, their lifestyle decisions. You know what right. I mean? That no, that's, that's just something that I'm really big on is just starting with, starting from the inside out. You know what I mean? Right. And how do you feel about like these stigmas that come with like, oh my, like, oh, you got depression or you're going to therapy. Like, you know, the little, you know what I'm saying? The the stigmas of it going to therapy and people are like, well, oh, well, he must be a little weird or off the meds or whatever. Like, what do you say about that? And how do you feel about that? I talk about it very openly. Like it's something that I just have no shame in. Like, I mean, come on, man. Look at that loser. He's trying to better himself. (laughs) Right. Like, come on, man. Like, exactly. About it, it's like, 
even if people did try to make fun of you for it, it's like, dude, you're literally like clowning on me for trying to be a better person. Right. You know what I mean, like if you really think about it, it doesn't make sense to be mad at people for that. They're just misguided and lost or scared. You know, they're just a, they're just a reflection of yourself when you were scared to make that leap and start taking better care of yourself. You know what I mean? So I think it's just important to remember that people are just, just like you, they're scared and they're nervous and people are definitely afraid of things they don't understand or things that they're afraid to understand. You know what I mean? That definitely makes sense to me. So I've never really like that part, that stigma's never really bothered me too much. Like I've always been open about just telling people like, Hey, I'm considering trying this. Mm. I feel like I need this or that. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's important to eliminate that stigma and talk talk about it more, especially as men, you know what I mean? Yes. uh, You know, I I do, I am a little old fashioned in some, in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You know, sometimes, you know, I think a man needs to be a man and a woman needs to be a woman. You know, I I was raised by my grandparents. That's probably a little bit of that in me, but I don't believe in toxic masculinity and not talking about your feelings and, you know, telling somebody when they've upset you and and how Mm -hmm. or why and, what you think that they could do to make it better. You know what I mean? Definitely. Things, it's things like that. I still think that, that men and women should be honest with the people around them and, and communicate their needs because uh, resentment real dude. And it makes yeah. you fucking angry. Definitely. You know, it's, it's great to hear, you know, you say all those things because my, my father is a behavioral health therapist himself. So oh, cool. I, I was raised in a household where mental health was, you know, priority. Yo, take care of your mental health. Watch your thoughts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all those things. And I think it's really important for us to have those dialogue as men and just as as youth also. I mean, to talk right. about the traumas that traumatized you back in the day or something that's mm. hindering you from your success. And I think mm. you're a real testament to that. I mean, you always, I mean, even in your lyrics and you, even when you're speaking, you're talking about mental health. You're talking about, yo, how, how can I better myself and getting right, rid of those right. stigmas, eliminating stigmas. So I think it's awesome. I think that's awesome, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'm glad you resonate with it. Cause you know, a lot of people don't, you know what I mean? right. That's okay. They're not there yet. Exactly. And you can't force, you can't force them to go that way yet. So we were swatted, you can't make it treat, man. (laughs) Exactly. Yo, I want to get back to the music, man. I want to, I want to talk about, um, your tours. I want to know what's your favorite thing about tour and what your like least favorite thing about tour is. My favorite thing about touring. I mean, you got the cliche, like I love to travel, man. (laughs) See new things. You know, I live in the desert, obviously. Right. it's nice to see trees and grass and bodies of water. And, you know, it's so interesting to see how different the the cultures are because we're such a melting pot, you know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I know we live in like, you know, and an immigrant country, but I mean, Tucson's got a lot of different cultures and you know what I mean? And so sometimes you go to parts of the world where it's predominantly this or predominantly that. And it's just so interesting to see the way that other people live. Definitely. you know, see different lifestyles. And I think that that, and food, huh? don't get me started. Oh, yes. I love, I love, man, I, I, when I found Foursquare, I, uh, I used Foursquare a lot to find good local spots. And right. man, I'm, there was a tour where I must've put on like 30 pounds, came home. <laughs> oh my God. I was eating so much. I, I have, I had to learn how to control myself on like spending money on food. Cause like really? once I realized how much I was spending on food and I did something about it, I actually came back and made money off the tour. You oh, wow. I mean? Cause like you don't <laughs> think about it when it's something that you, you see as something that you need to live and function. Right. You know I mean, 
Like we look at other like trivial expenses and we're like, Oh, I can't justify that. That's, you know, that's expensive as shit. But when you're talking about food, like, Oh, I need to eat. You you can easily eat yourself into debt. And, and uh, I I had to learn that. And then when I started getting that under control, I actually started making money. And uh, (laughs) one of the, one of the coolest experiences was uh, I did a short run in Colorado for a week. Wow. And, uh, it was the first time that I had uh, I had drove myself. I uh, I didn't take anybody with me. I sold my own merch. I uh, oh, I didn't stay in hotels. I hollow. I have a fifteen passenger van that okay. I own, and so I took out all the seats and I put a memory foam mattress in there. Like I was living like a gypsy, dude. Like I had a I had a Planet Fitness membership. You know, you guys remember gyms before COVID. <laughs> yeah. I had a Planet Fitness membership, so I would park outside of there because they're 24 hours. So if I had to use the bathroom and I didn't feel like pissing into like one of those little trucker things, you know, um, I would go into Planet Fitness to shower and use the bathroom and work out. I felt like a gypsy. And that was that was super cool. You know what I mean? Because like there's been tours like when I first started going on tour after uh, I made seven years, like years and years ago now, (laughs) I, uh, I started going viral and I started getting booked for all these shows. Uh, my manager, Jamie, he, uh, he, I think our biggest tour, he ended up booking like 73 cities in like 65 days or wait, no, it was 65 cities in like 73 days. Sorry. That wouldn't be possible. I I was like, yeah, time traveler, (laughs) right? but but it's like, just reverse that. And it was, uh, it was crazy, man. Cause like, I was, I was staying in really nice places and, mm-hmm. you know, I was eating really good. And then I did this, you know, I lived like a gypsy for one tour and, or like one, not even a tour that was like a week. And for the next couple of tours after that, I was like, I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm, I'm like infinitely happier living like that. You know what I mean? Cause you spend right. like, realistically, you spend like two or three hours in the hotel. If that. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for when you're sleeping and when you're sleeping, you don't even get to enjoy it. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'd much rather be mobile and, and be able to get up and leave and go wherever I want and, you know, live however I want, work out whenever I want. And to me, that was a way cooler experience. You know, I've lived on both sides of it. You know, I've penny pinched and I've splurged mm-hmm. and I, I really just like keeping it really simple. You know what I mean? And that's just a business model that I've adopted over time. And yes, ever since I started doing that and just being more humble about it, like I've made a lot more money doing it. That's you know good. I mean? that's so that's, great. that's, that's an upside too. Definitely. You know I mean, so like if it's any artists out there that are watching that are, you know, planning on touring next year or this year, you know, if you're lucky, um, <laughs> just don't live beyond your means. You know what I mean? Try mm-hmm. to try to rough it a little bit, eat shit for as long as you can so that you can continue to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Great. Almost for anything, you know, like if you're just willing to eat, if you're starting a business, just be willing to eat shit for a while and and just save money and you know, like splurge later. You know what I mean? Right. Like, grow, grow through it. Definitely. Know? Wise words from from Cryptic right there, man. Hey, it's Pike. Look at that. <laughs> What's up, bud? <laughs> um. So. Who would you say your superhero alter ego is and why? My superhero alter ego? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. And I, okay. So you may not believe this, but up until like a day or two ago, a couple of days ago, I had never seen a single 
DC Marvel movie, nothing, not not one. I think the only one I've ever I've ever seen was uh, it was the original Spider Man with mm. Tobey Maguire. So right. I don't know a lot about superheroes, but I did recently. Uh, I I started watching all twenty three Marvel movies in chronological order. So I started oh, with, I started uh, with uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Yes. And now I'm on. Now I'm on uh, Captain Marvel. Because it goes oh, from like World War Two to, to Captain from World War Two to like uh, nineteen ninety five or something like that. So I'm trying right. to follow the timeline, and you know, there's websites that help you do that because I don't know <laughs> shit about it. Um, so I really, I really don't know enough about superheroes to give myself an alter ego. So I think we should, we should take that to the comments while we're talking. I want to know what everybody else thinks my superhero alter ego is. Oh, and yeah. I, I'd like to see why, because eventually I'm going to come across that superhero and I'm going to be like, that's me. <laughs> that's me. No, exactly. I'm on the TV. I'm in a movie. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm on that's an acid trip watching a Marvel movie and I'm like, I'm in the movie, man. You know? uh, <laughs> yeah. So let us know comments. What's cryptics? superhero alter ego and why we want to know why as well but while they're doing that um back in the day what were you doing to uh promote yourself and promote your music um a lot of one takes man that's really what blew me up so i would make music and i would just turn on my camera in the studio and like 90 percent of the time the one takes i was really recording them live like a lot of people and you know i'm not gonna say any names but i see a lot of people do one takes they don't even like they don't even try man like they don't got the headphones or the pop filter or nothing i'm like at least try to make it look like you're doing it live right like i was really big on actually doing it live and that i think people could tell because when i started to do more of those that's where things really started to take off with word of mouth before we had spent any money on marketing or touring or anything like that because you know i didn't have the money to do it with at the time you know what i mean so it was really right. just a lot of i dropped a I dropped a song like a remix almost every week like pretty wow, much every man. week and it wasn't until i had been like a few months of doing that that i dropped a remix of uh, forgot about dre i think it was for the 16th or 17th anniversary for the single mm-hmm. and i just uh it was a beat that i had wanted to use since i was a teenager so I finally did it and, you know, I tried my best and that was the first video that I put up after doing them every week for a few months to go viral overnight. You know, I came back and I had over a million views when I woke up and that's kind of what started it. So I started putting them out every week, every two weeks again, and I just pretended it didn't happen. I kept my head down. I kept working right. and they didn't do as well. Like they, you know, it was just like back to how kind of how it was before, but a little better you know right. what I mean? which is a little discouraging but i kept going and then another couple months later i put out seven years you know and i did a live version of that wow and that one went viral too and that's kind of what changed everything and how we were able to start putting money into marketing and start making money from tours and putting money into tours you know what i mean right. uh, into merchandise and things like that and but really it's about finding what you're good at and what people are responding to even if it's like you know you post say you post like a like a just for lack of ideas you post a lyric video right mm-hmm. and then you post a video of you actually performing it into your mic even if you're not live recording it you know you just have the headphones and it looks like you are it's a glorified music video so right. 
if pe more people respond to the lyric video than they do to your one take video, try it again. See what happens with both of them. And if it's if you're a being this and you're saying that people are really responding to one thing, then just keep doing that thing. Do what you're good at and what people are responding to as long as you enjoy it. Don't do something that you don't enjoy just because it's working because you're going to have to keep doing it. Right. Eventually, you're just going to have to keep doing it and you're going to hate yourself for it. You <laughs> Definitely. So as long as you love it and people are responding to it, just just keep doing it. Keep That's doing dope. It. Definitely. You it's know? interesting because as you were coming up, I mean, the internet was becoming a bigger thing. And then you were on the internet before it was the big internet. So I think that plays a big role. In, but how were you able to, how did you navigate knowing where to post, where not to post or anything like that? I was so slow to get on Facebook, man. I started on MySpace. You guys remember MySpace? Like, I was checking out, like, emo chicks and, like, getting on those, like, bulletin trains and shit like that. Like, back in the day, you know? Like, trying to grow my hair out and wear studded belts and shit. Like, but, I, you know, I started on there. And I, I was – I'm always very slow. I'm trying to not be this way anymore, but I'm very slow at jumping on to – new social networks so mm -hmm. I, I really can't fully agree with you in saying that i was on the internet before the internet was the <laughs> internet in the sense that i was on i was on a lot of message boards and forums and doing right. battle raps and stuff like that like way back in the day before facebook and you know before uh instagram and all that and that was a lot of fun you know but it it, it helped me like develop this sense of connection with people and it kind of showed me how cool it is to connect with the people that, that mm -hmm. listen to your stuff or the people that, you know, that you're just working with and trying to build with. So I feel like a lot of that had to do with how open and vulnerable I am with people now that I do have a platform to be open and vulnerable with. Uh, right. like, I, I love, I love opening up to people. You know what I mean? I feel like that's because I came from a, you know, like the forum culture, you know what I mean? I right. was always talking to people and bullshitting, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so dope. I like that. So, I mean, I, we could stay here and talk all night, and I think your viewers would love that. <laughs> but, unfortunately, before we let you go, I want to ask one more question. If there was any advice to any local artist or any artist that's listening right now, what's the one advice you would want to give them? Just like I said earlier, man, just always try and be yourself. Never, never concern yourself with people that disagree with what you're doing as long as you know that what you're doing is right in your heart and you're just double down on the people that are showing you love you know what i mean double down on the things that are working and and don't pay too much attention to what's not you know experiment and move on you know what i mean mm -hmm. but don't get in your own way because that's the biggest problem i had was getting in my own way and just overthinking like the more you think the less likely you are to do something so just stop thinking and go fucking try things until it works. Throw paint at the wall, man. And don't do drugs because that shit right. fucked me up. Like, I'm right. serious. Don't do hard drugs. It, it seriously got in my fucking way. And I try to tell I, – I remember there was this, there was this kid. We don't, we don't talk anymore, but he was super talented when he was, uh, he was coming up. I used to work with him a lot. He went by like uh, Charlie Blaze or Charles Quirk or whatever he goes by now. Mm -hmm. And I always told him, like, bro, you're so fucking dope. Like, just stay away from drugs, dude. And then years later, like, he's 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 always rapping and singing about doing drugs and this and that. He's getting more mm -hmm. aggressive. And we just had a big falling out. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like I've seen it happen to people. I've seen it happen to myself. I've seen it happen to other people. That's why I try to I think I'm being all, like, grandpa on them. But 
Like seriously, <laughs> like it's not it's not worth it. You know, right? Agreed. Be yourself. Work hard. Experiment and stay off hard drugs. Definitely. And okay. And then one more last question: What's <laughs> next for Cryptic Wisdom? September first uh, is a deathbed coffee for your head remix, and uh, every two weeks from there, there's gonna be new singles and there's gonna be new one takes and music videos. And I'm just gonna keep this train rolling as long as I can and keep my fucking foot on the neck. Awesome. I'd love to hear it, man. And where can I follow you at, Cryptic? Everywhere is at Cryptic Wisdom. You can find it right there. (laughs) That's dope. Um, Yeah. Go follow me. Yo, y'all, we appreciate everybody that tapped into the interview tonight. Uh, You can follow me at Z underscore underscore G-I-V, Z give. You can follow Daniela at... Uh, Daniela, oh, what is it? Daniela, <laughs> <laughs> you need to tattoo it. <laughs> she needs to tattoo it. She needs to, to have the cryptic wisdom tats. <laughs> and then you can follow. You could get a QR code tattoo that would work. That'd probably be dope. That's probably the new good. move. That what were you going to say, though? And then you can follow us, the Takeover Lounge, at the Lounge Takeover. And you can follow our, our executive producer, uh, Mankind, at the Mankind Podcast. And yo, we are out of here. Cryptic, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, sir. It was an honor. Appreciate it. We out. See y'all next Friday. Just, just say <laughs> okay. Cool.